You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com D-backs reporter, Steve Gilbert, who is back and better than ever after being uh, on the shelf a little bit last week. Steve, thanks for joining us, and uh, I guess I'm glad you're feeling better. Well, I appreciate that, Tim. Uh, Always good to be back. All right. Well, let's look back upon last week because obviously it was awards week around Major League Baseball and the D-backs very much involved. Tori Lavella winning manager of the year in the National League. Paul Goldschmidt finishing third in the MVP race. Let's start with Lavello. Um, you look back, and, and I thought he was kind of the clear choice. Obviously, it was three National League West managers. You had Dave Roberts, who had won it a year ago, and, and then Bud Black as well. But I think Lavello in his first year in Arizona with what he was able to accomplish, the number of wins that team put up, and, and especially after what they had done in 2016, what stood out the most to you as far as Lavello taking over first year and kind of just changing the way this team was? Yeah, to me, you make a good point. I, I thought it was going to be uh, – I thought Lavello had a real good shot at winning, but I thought it would be a lot closer than it ended up being. He ended up winning uh, pretty handily. Uh, I think with the biggest, his biggest strength as a manager is his communication skills and the way he relates to players. Um, you know, you talk to the guys in the clubhouse, and they'll tell you that, you know, right away um, they felt like when spring training started, they could feel that, you know, he's a guy that not just cares about what they can do on the field, but cares about them off the field. Um, he spent a lot of time getting to know them and, and ask questions about their families and their interests. And every day at batting practice, you'd see him out in, uh, in the outfield kind of mingling with the guys and, and kind of talking to them about whatever passions they have. Um, you know, like a bunch of hunters on the team. And even though he's not a hunter, he, uh, the guys appreciated that he was at least uh, trying to talk to them about hunting and, and listening to some of their stories. So uh, I think his communication skills are kind of off the charts and that, that was a real strength for him and uh, ability to, to turn around basically a similar team from a 69, 93 record to a 93 and 69 record. He had a healthier team. That certainly helped along the way. But obviously any manager, as they manage more and more, they're going to, I'd say, get better just through experience. So he's got one year under his belt. When you look back on 2017, looking ahead to the future, where are some areas where he could be even better in the future? Well, I think he's probably, uh, you know, I think he probably learned a bunch about um, the, the the strategy aspect of it and being in charge of that and, and running a staff and, and kind of how he wants to set those those things up. Um, so I think that's probably going to be a, a thing of growth for him. I think he, you know, continually talks about uh, this offseason about wanting to raise the bar for next year. So I think he's holding himself to that same standard and and uh, has probably dissected a lot of things that, that, that went on that we probably didn't even see, even those of us, you know, with the team on a daily basis, um, that he wants to improve and, and, and correct on. Certainly uh, an exciting time in Arizona to think that he could get better as a manager as we go forward. So Paul Goldschmidt finishes third, and and I'm not going to say I feel bad for Paul Goldschmidt. Obviously, uh, he had a great year. He had a, He's on a great team. Things are going well for him. But you look back on, on the past MVP votes, and there was a few years where Goldie had great seasons, MVP-type numbers, but was on a bad D-backs team, and it seemed like that really hurt him. And then this year, he's on a good team that goes to the playoffs. And who wins the MVP? But Giancarlo Stanton, who was on a bad team but hit, you know, so many home runs. So it just seemed like the uh, the ebb and flow of the voting of the MVP just has never really, 
uh, matched up with Paul Goldschmidt and the way his career has gone. Yeah, you know, you mentioned that he finished uh, second twice uh, to Andrew McCutcheon, I believe it was 2013, and then the Bryce Harper, I uh, believe, in 2015. So uh, both those years, he, he put up amazing numbers, but uh, was had the unfortunate timing of doing it in the year that Bryce Harper had an, you know, really incredible season and Andrew McCutcheon had a similar season and, and uh, the voters seemed to give him the edge in, in part, as you mentioned, because the, the Pirates were a, uh, a playoff team that year, but also because McCutcheon plays, uh, you know, center field, which some people, which, which is, you know, obviously a little bit more demanding uh, defensively than first base. But, you know, uh, I really thought this was going to be the year for, for Paul heading in the, September, he had such outstanding numbers and seemed to be a guy that that was kind of the odds-on favorite. And then September came along, and he had, and this is not uh, you know exaggeration, he had literally his worst month of his big league career um, in September, and that really dragged down his numbers a little bit and, and opened the door for for Stanton and Votto, I think, to to jump ahead of him in the race. So um, I think that makes it doubly uh, tough on him to know that you know probably if he had had just an average September. Um, maybe we're talking about a different result in the MVP voting. It's been so consistent overall from year to year that you like to think that eventually he's going to put one of these seasons together and, and the D-backs look like they're going to be good for a few years here that he can finally get over the top and get one of these MVP awards. All right, uh, you have a story on the website right now about Archie Bradley and obviously uh, had a breakout season in the bullpen in 2017, 63 games, the sub-2 ERA, the team has said they'll stretch him out in spring training, but with the understanding that it looks like he'll probably still end up in the bullpen. Kind of explain that to me, just the reasoning for, for having him stretch out in the spring if he's likely to just be in the pen again. Yeah, I think a couple things. I think it gives them a little bit of insurance in case something happens. They feel like they have five solid starters right now with, with uh, Greinke and, and Robbie Ray, uh, Patrick Corbin, Zach Godley, Taiwan Walker. Um, but if something were to happen with one of those guys, if they were to trade one of those guys, if one of those guys were to get injured, um, you know, they would still have Archie Bradley as an option when spring training open. Uh, a second thing that, that Mike Hazen mentioned was that, um, you know, this, that's the way Archie's always prepared for a season. Like, you know, last year, even though last year he pitched out of the bullpen, um, he came to spring training as a starter and competed for a rotation spot, which he lost out on and, and ended up shifting to the bullpen. So, they want to keep him also in a, in a routine that he's comfortable with. And they know he's comfortable, um, you know, preparing as a starter and getting stretched out. Um, so they're going to have him do that, not change too much that way. And it also, again, gives them uh, some, some options in case uh, something happens to one of their starting pitchers. Obviously he's a guy who, when he was coming up through the system, he was a highly regarded prospect as a starting pitcher, never really put it together. Then there was the injuries, um, and then he ends up figuring it out in the bullpen. What What is the difference between him coming out of the pen versus starter? Is it just a matter of uptick in velocity when he doesn't have to go a, a long start, or is there more to it than that? Well, I think that's part of it, but I think a big thing was he, he always kind of struggled with that third pitch, and, you know, was it going to be a changeup, and could he get consistent with it? And then he kind of started to go to a cutter, and that seemed to, you know, work for him last spring. Um, but when you're in a bullpen and you're coming out and, and you do have that uptick in velocity and you are throwing 97, 98, 99 miles an hour, you, you know, you, you hardly need a, a second pitch, much less a third. And, and he was still able to command his curveball. Um, so that gave him two pitches coming out of the, out of the pen. 
um, makes him very effective. Two pitchers as a starter, um, it, it's a little more challenging because obviously you have to navigate through the lineup uh, two or three, sometimes even four times. So um, that was, I think that was a big thing for him too. And plus, I just think that, that mentally a former football player, a guy who thrives on the intensity and pressure of situations, I think um, the bullpen really, uh, that adrenaline push really kind of uh, served him well. Fernando Rodney's a free agent. Obviously, he put together a tremendous season after a dreadful April. He really turned things around for this D-backs team. If he does not come back to the team, um, do you think, I mean, obviously Bradley has the stuff to close. We talked about the velocity, and he has the curveball, the secondary pitch. Um, how about the mindset? Do, does he strike you as a guy that would be able to handle that ninth-inning pressure? You know, he seems like it. He seems to kind of thrive in those situations, and it kind of took on a life of its own last year. You know, I had the long beard, and uh, they they did a thing when he would come in the game, bring in the beard, and I think he just kind of thrived on that. Uh, he's a guy that thrives on attention and and pressure and and the adrenaline. So I think that would be good for him. But you know, if they don't bring back Fernando Rodney, who they do have some interest in bringing back, um, it'll be interesting to see that to keep their options open by you know, uh, taking a look and seeing who might be out there on the market. They're not going to spend big money um, on a closer um, when they have Bradley available like that. But uh, they made made some good decisions last year in building their bullpen with some guys that that were kind of cast off from other teams. Uh, T.J. McFarland had a nice year for them. J.J. Hoover was effective in spurts for them. So I think that's probably the route they'll go building their bullpen is kind of see what's out there without uh, spending quite a bit of money. As we record this on November 20th, you look ahead, Major League Baseball put out its spring training schedule today. Never too early to look ahead. Three (laughs) months from the 21st, so three months from tomorrow, Steve, Arizona State will be playing the D-backs down in Arizona in the first of all games uh, as far as spring training goes, the first exhibition. It seems like it should be further away, but this is exciting for baseball fans just three months away, right? Yeah, you know, certainly back back east where it's starting to get cold and you know even starting to see some snow, it's it's a warming feeling to know that spring training is is a, you know around the corner. Certainly here, it, the weather is beautiful almost year round, except for you know a couple months there during the summer, so it's a little different. But it is it is hard to believe how quickly the off season um, scoots by, and you know it feels like we just wrapped up the the regular season. Uh, and then the, the the postseason, and now here we are already looking forward to, you know, three months from now, spring training. And, of course, between now and then, plenty of hot stove news. We'll have it all for you here on the D-Backs podcast. Steve Gilbert, thanks so much for taking some time. My pleasure. That'll do it for this edition of MLB.com Extras, our D-Backs edition. For Steve Gilbert, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.